I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. that tries to find the genuine science in the children's magic trick show. I'm Paul... I'm... <laughs> I was about to say I'm Paul Goodman. <laughs> I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And today we discussed Fant Forstick, uh, the 2016 adaptation of Marvel's first superhero family, directed by Hollywood's favourite son, Josh Trank. The film's release was um, almost entirely overshadowed by a tweet um, sent out by director Josh Trank in which he said, I had a really good version of this about a year ago, but you'll probably never get to see it. That's life, though. Um, the film was released to very poor reviews. Jeffrey McNabb at The Independent said, Teller, Mara and company are very capable young actors who bring sensitivity and humour to their roles. But that isn't necessarily what audiences want from Marvel-era superhero blockbusters. So you see, it's your fault. Peter Travers, meanwhile, at the Rolling Stone said, The latest reboot of the Fantastic Four, the cinematic equivalent of malware... What? <laughs> it gets it gets into your cinema without when something else was delivered. <laughs> hey, we ordered you a bit of a set... What? What's... Ah. Here's some porn. <laughs> um, is worse than worthless. A gifted young cast has been hired to freshen the plot like an old whore trying to pass as jailbait. Whoa! Jesus Christ, Peter Travers! What... What was happening that day? <laughs> Meanwhile, public reaction was um, pretty much the same. Uh, Simmy Joe over at IMDb said, saw this film at the weekend. I kind of wish I hadn't. <laughs> uh, the film made $125 million on a $168 million budget. It won three golden raspberries, including Worst Picture, which it shared with Fifty Shades of Grey, beating Jupiter Ascending to the honour. So, Goodman, what's, what, what could possibly be one good thing about this this? old whore i was fully expecting going into this film to be coming out of it nostalgic for mid-noughties marvel comic universe movie films uh i was expecting to watch a film that was 90 minutes of the punisher torturing someone with an an ice lolly (laughs) my favorite scene and it didn't do that to me no no and i wasn't nostalgic for the mid-noughties uh for once which i'm really grateful for yeah okay so what was this film really about we had two brilliant uh white male scientists and then a black guy who does all of their physical labor and a girl who designed their clothes yes who was also brilliant um we were told yes. oh she could do patterns yeah really she, no she did she did patterns and she was a very fast typer that's right uh but she was principally there to design the outfits that mm. they had they were brought together uh well first of all we get told reed richard's background we get some time of his at school Yes. In which he befriended a guy named Ben Grimm. Yes, of the Brothers Grimm. Of the Brothers. Grimm. He was the third brother. He wrote Snow White. He actually. did. Yeah. He wrote Snow White and then had a really tough upbringing. But it was called Blow White. And it was all, it was horrible. <laughs> Make your own assumptions, everyone. What's wrong with you this week? <laughs> it's late. Who's this? Who's we this did Paul? The, we did the last, is... <laughs> we did the last recording three days ago, Paul. Because <laughs> we're moving house at the weekend. <laughs> We haven't got any other time to do this, and I'm tired. <laughs> this is this is uh, welcome to one good thing after dark. <laughs> boobs, <laughs> shit. <laughs> we just keep saying boobs. 
oh. making weird porn puns. <laughs> it's what you wanted. Well, it was in- initially a-, a cocaine pun, and then oh. I, I realised that blow also means a sex thing. <laughs> it means a sex <laughs> that the men and the women do. <laughs> Fan four stick. Fan four stick. <laughs> Um. Anyway, yeah. So we have uh, Reed Richards' upbringing in which he befriends Ben Grimm. Mm-hmm. Yep, he yep. is a brilliant young kid who is doing all advanced maths and mm-hmm. science stuff. Ben is just a kid who works in a um. So he lives in a trash heap. <laughs> it seems <laughs> he uh, brushes himself off of garbage and comes to school each day. Yeah. Uh, we're then given a, a somewhat confusing montage in which they appear to be teenagers. Uh, they're all played by thirty-year-olds, but I think. They're teenagers and they're at school. Yes. And Sue Storm, played by uh, Karamara Wilson. What was it? Kate, Kate Mara. Kate Mara. That's the one. She she and her dad, who is played by... Reg E. Caffey. Yep, who is played by Reg E. Caffey, who has one of the most fantastic voices. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very good voice for exposition, which is pretty much all his role is in this. Um, he has two sons. Uh, yes. Two sons. <laughs> no. One of whom is Kate, is Kate Mara. Yeah. Um, Sue Storm. And the other son is, um, <laughs> it's, uh, Michael B. Jordan playing, um, Johnny Storm. Mm-hmm. For one contrivance or another, they are all brought together in order to work on a machine that will punch a hole to another dimension. It's something that Miles Teller has as an idea, and Sue Storm is going to help him do that by designing outfits for them to wear whilst they do it, but also something to do with patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is going to weld things. Yep. <laughs> and they bring in um, the renegade uh, scientist, the another young, brilliant man, who is Victor Von Doom. <laughs> in the original script, they had changed his name to Victor... Domashev. Victor von Domashev, mm. which, um, yeah, is good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hint at the original without being mm-hmm. outright ridiculous, but uh, the studio didn't like that, so they insisted he change it back to Victor von Doom. Mm. So when, when that's mentioned, it's just bad. So the fans could take it seriously. Yes, so that when a man looks at a sheet of paper, what about this Doom fellow? <laughs> what about him? Will he be involved in your project? How about this man? Barry Awful. <laughs> Jonathan punch you in the face roger bastard <laughs> roger drowns kittens frederick <laughs> sexual harassment <laughs> it's just yeah it's, it's just yeah. dumb ian tennis elbow he's, we... he's not a very good one that came in the middle of a scene i really like which is when um a very dry it's a scene you see in films now and then where a very dry board are dressing down mm-hmm. um Kalamara Wilson's um, father. <laughs> Kalamari Wilson. Kalamari Wilson. They're dressing down her father for having brought together this team of eccentric y- youngsters. Um, and I love scenes like that because it forces you to just draw attention to the real world implications mm. of this scenario. Mm. It'd be like if Zordon was pulled in to explain exactly what he was mm. doing with these five teenagers with attitude. It's almost like a record skip as the guy's fingers going down the page <laughs> of the people he wants on the team and then it's like, hang on, Von Doom? <laughs> is this von doom character <laughs> what's better than that because it's like oh von doom is on here now let me just explain <laughs> because something's happened yeah. before the last time we had von doom on the project it went a little bit haywire but i promise you he's legit all right he's he's found god <laughs> he's a much nicer guy now <laughs> he went into rehab with terry racist <laughs> 
he's cool, all right? He's a good guy. Yeah. But late, later on, actually, they did, um, when they introduced him to, to Reed, yeah. um, they tried to give his name, like, a, a serious inflection. So they, it was like, Reed, this is Victor Von Doom. Like, <laughs> Victor Von Normal Name. <laughs> At your service. <laughs> Nothing suspicious here. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Victor Von Doom's a dick, immediately and irredeemably, just a dick. Yes. Um, he's a very, just annoying character, who comes in and is a dick to everyone. They all get together, and there was a montage of them building this machine. A montage which gives us pretty much all of the characterization of the movie. Mm-hmm. This is the montage in which we get to see them get close, learn each other's names, which just about happens. Mm. There's one scene where they get drunk, mm. and I like that scene. Mm. Um, they all relax. Uh, Victor Von Doom isn't just irredeemably evil anymore, he's just a guy. Yeah. And they all talk, and they're quite easy around each other, and it's interesting. Kate Mara isn't in that one. She's not in that one, because no. she's a woman. She yeah. can't get drunk. She's no. off... Um, Designing costumes or something. Yeah, women can't get drunk. They're like angels. (laughs) They are. They're so precious. Thanks, thanks, Josh Trank. Thanks, Josh Trank, for making that very, very clear. Um, Anyway, they get drunk and they decide, having finished their machine, which punches a hole into another dimension, that they're going to use it, sort of Jeff Goldblum and the Fly style. Mm. They're going to test it without the man there Mm -hmm. to um, stop them from doing it. So they turn on the machine. They go through to the other side. They find themselves in a um, sort of alien landscape. Uh, very empty, very devoid of anything. Bunch of rocks. It's kind of it. Mm. They, they filmed that in Northampton. They did. Yeah. <laughs> in um, the town square. Um, where I was born. <laughs> in the town square. <laughs> you can see the puddle where you were born. Um, they never cleaned it up. Um, the only person to be born in Northampton and survive, and uh, they haven't like, let go of it since. It's like Sparta. The women actually give birth over a cliff, and if the kid climbs his way back up, then he's a proper Northampton man. Right, so they, yeah, they have an accident on this planet in Northampton. Mm-hmm. They have an accident. On the planet Northampton. On the planet Northampton. <laughs> they have a terrible accident. Um, they all get, uh, Victor Von Doom gets burnt horribly in a mm-hmm. really awful sequence where like metal is landing on him or something and it's like burning through his suit and onto mm-hmm. his flesh and it's quite it's really full on mm-hmm. and he's screaming and it's just awful and, and um Miles Jupp <laughs> tries to save him <laughs> what are you doing here Miles Jupp tries to save him but he his arm gets stretched out and he drops him mm-hmm. um and then a series of weird incidents happen in which it's vaguely hinted at what their powers will be Va- I mean um, vaguely hinted vaguely hinted um, Michael B. Jordan gets back into the escape pod and a fucking fire breaks just out. breaks into the pod <laughs> and consumes him and then Ben Grimm just has rocks thrown at him from nowhere they just like just barrage him he gets a face full of rocks he gets a face full of rocks and then he's the rock man uh, meanwhile uh, Karamawa Wilson gets hit by energy and is knocked invisible um, as has happened to us all at some stage that you get hit so hard that you just go invisible for a bit yeah um and they all pass out and they wake up and they're back on earth Mm -hmm. um and horrible things are happening there's a really nasty sequence in which um we've got miles teller stuck underneath a um a girder Mm -hmm. and he crawls his way to freedom um only to turn around and realize his feet are still under the girder and that they haven't moved he's just his legs are just stretched out all crazy and that's a really cool reveal of Mm. the fact that he now has stretchy powers Mm. Yeah, he eventually comes, uh, he comes to, escapes from the facility, the, uh, government track him down, mm. bring him back, convince him to work on the machine, they all go back to the other side, discover that Victor Von Doom survived his horrific accident, mm-hmm. they bring him back, um, a year has passed, he's gone insane, he breaks out of the facility and is gonna use the machine to go back to the other dimension and pull all of Earth into it, only in pieces. He's created a black hole. He's created a black hole. That will consume the Earth. Exactly. So the uh, Fantastic Four have to stop him. Da-na-na-na. Da-na-na-na. And they do. 
Yeah. Uh, and that's it. And it ends. They give them, they give uh. the Fantastic Four facility to work from. Mm. And if that sounds like, uh, a plot that wouldn't quite cover a two hour film, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> the film is 90 minutes long, mm-hmm. or thereabouts. Um, you may have noticed we spent quite a bit of time talking about uh, the first act and not much time talking about the rest of the action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the film, that, what we described up to them getting into the accident is the first 45 minutes mm-hmm. um, or so, and then everything else is squeezed into the end. Yes. And do you know what about those first 45 minutes? Uh-huh. It's not bad. Not bad. It's not bad. Well paced, mm-hmm. I think. We get. Uh, here's the thing. You've got to have characters in this. I mean, this is the Fantastic Four. They are Marvel's first family. They have to be a family. It's got to be Reed Richard and Sue Storm as the head of this family, a sort of couple who have their problems. Uh, Reed's very jealous. Sue um, is very shy. Hmm. Um, they have their issues. Um, meanwhile, they have these two other characters who are like their kids. You've got the older brother, Ben Grimm, who's sort of big, gruff, and full of pride, um, and is uh, very kind of a dark character because he's very hurt by uh-huh. um, his appearance. He's very insecure about the rock thing. And um, you've got little uh, Johnny Storm, who's very fiery and impulsive. And he's a good foil for Ben because he he's constantly making fun of everyone and, um, you know, it's like nothing can touch him. Yeah. That's a family dynamic and it works well. Everyone has something to be feeling and getting on with. In that respect, I can't help but feel that Tim Story's 2005 film handled that dynamic better. Hmm. It just, it had more of it. You mean, by that you mean more scenes <laughs> with the characters together? Yeah, talking to each other. Yeah. Actually having a relationship. Yes. Right at the end of this film, um, Johnny turns to uh, Ben Grimm and makes some joke about him. And we realise that's the first time they've spoken. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad they saved, saved that until after they'd saved the world. <laughs> glad they saved that for the last two minutes of the film. Yeah. Uh, talking about character interactions. Yeah. A thing that's come up a couple of times in this podcast already is the, like, acclamation period yeah. where somebody becomes a hero you get to see what they do as a hero yeah. their world blah blah this is you going along for a ride because your life is comparatively less interesting so uh-huh. here we go <laughs> this this film they get their powers we have about 30 seconds of body horror yeah and then it goes bam one year later yeah and um, and every, everyone's apart it's the end of age of ultron all of a yeah. sudden everyone has gone their separate ways <laughs> everyone's kind of jaded and yeah. we didn't see any of it no um which was unfortunate because um after as we said the first half an hour was kind of well paced mm. had some really nice character moments yeah miles miles teller uh acclaimed jazz douchebag <laughs> um he um had a really uh really great character moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> with michael b jordan's character when they when he went to fist bump him and he kind of slapped it uh, without, yeah, without looking at it sweet. yeah mars teller is just a quite a cool he's, actor he's charming in this he's, he's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of awkward but not overtly like with andrew yeah. garfield's spider-man it was verging on eddie redmayne territory in terms of the sheer amount of bumbling awkwardness here it was much more withdrawn and Kind of charming. Oca- mm. Occasionally, it didn't work. That his first scene with Marakara Wilson in the library, Tara Palmer Tompkinson, Tara Palmer Tompkinson in the library, I felt was really stilted and mm-hmm. awkward. Uh, and obviously, it was meant to be like she's trying to listen to her music and not talk to him. Yeah, but it, it wasn't charming as such. No, no. Part but there of that w- might be because Marakara Wilson isn't very interesting in this Mm. we should use these powers to do something they're not powers they're aggressively abnormal physical conditions that we're going to fix can you turn that off and what if they can't what if it takes more time to get it right we could be talking years i'm not going to be a tool yeah that's a that's a shame because i kind of liked i liked i really liked her in house of cards 
Sure. Um, before her character, it turned out she was an alien and she had to leave the planet <laughs> all weird, of a sudden. Yeah. That was really weird. It was weird. Um, I, I miss I miss you, Kate Mara. Come back. <laughs> but um, she, but yeah, um, she just wasn't given very much. No. And, I, and I, I find that in the, the films that we watch, when you get a, a good actor come yeah. in and, and give a lackluster performance, it's because they were un- underused. Do, yeah. yeah. And but you know, it's very green. Everything's green because yeah. it's just all green screen. You know? Yeah, the I mean, set's the not as exciting as green. To be. I mean, she would have been, uh, it would have been fun to have had her in the drinking scene. Yeah. Like, she was a part of that team. She runs off to actually talk to her father mm. about the fact that the project is being taken away from them and that's why they all get drunk. It would have been great to have her there just getting drunk yeah. with them and laughing and joking. But Hanging loose. Hanging loose, giving us a chance to actually get to know who she is instead of, because so yeah. far it's just been Miles Teller trying to get her to know her romantically. And if you have any experience at all, you'll know that one man trying to romance a woman, um, he will learn nothing about her whatsoever, mm. which is what we get to experience. That's the only context in which we get to experience her character is in the context of a guy trying to woo her. Yeah, we don't even see her with her dad, do no, we? No, not um, No. No, which is kind of weird. Maybe, maybe Josh Trank was really uncomfortable with being in the room with her. Uh, yeah, uh, he hated her. Yes, yeah, so that was that was that was starting off as an awkward um, comic boy comic book fan joke, but uh, no, he actually bullied her, didn't he? No, he hated okay. her. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he lobbied really hard to get Miles Teller in the film, mm. and then ended up almost getting into a fist fight with him. And he lobbied really hard to not get Karamara Wilson in the mm-hmm. film. Uh, and was a dick to her throughout the whole film. Kept mm-hmm. calling her really stupid names. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that was just me. <laughs> yeah, it was just awful. <laughs> Just not respectful of the wonderful yeah. actress Karamara Wilson. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so there were all these wonderful little character moments that yeah. we, all of them, we've just listed for you. That was yeah, all there were. Them all. Um, we just had to sort of accept that they'd gone their separate ways. To its credit, didn't have a voiceover scene saying True. we all dr- drifted apart. It was real tough. Johnny went to find himself. Yeah, all he found was the bottom of a barrel. Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. He's I a terrible drunk. I can't even do I can't even do comedic bad poetry. Yeah, it's not so easy, is it? No, it's not. No. Let's not criticize anymore. <laughs> this is Paul and Paul's forty five minute appreciation zone. <laughs> so we should address Trank, I feel mm-hmm. like. Um this was a very problematic production, guys. It was kind of a mess. Um, mm. It's an ama- It seems amazing a film got made at all, mm-hmm. which, to be fair, it almost didn't. You could argue it hasn't. <laughs> um, Trank came on. He was hired on the strength of his film Chronicle, which we mm-hmm. both really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how successful that film was. It must have been really successful because everything I'm about to tell you was pushed aside simply with the word Chronicle. So he came into the production, wrote a script with his friend, who had written, uh, who had worked with on Chronicle. They, they wrote a treatment together, which was huge. It was really big. They go through the interdimensional thing. They get in there and, um, there's Galactus in there. Galactus is the world eater. He's the mm. big e- evil villain of Fantastic Four, um, who has done a great disservice in, um, Rise of the Silver, uh, Silver Surfer. Rise, Rise of the, of the Silver, Silver Serpent. Serpent. <laughs> Yeah, Galactus was going to be there, and he was going to be this big evil force who's coming for Earth. Uh, Doom was going to be kidnapped by him, turned into the sort of Doctor Doom evil character, sent back to Earth to do battle with the Fantastic Four. Meanwhile, the Fantastic Four have, have split off and gone their separate ways. Reed Richard has invented a fucking robot <laughs> called Herbie the Robot. Still. And a flying car called Fantasticar, which he is trying to sell to Toyota. That is genuinely true. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like a mess. It looks mm. huge. It looks like a fucking epic. It looks really expensive, which is why the studio turned it down and said, no, you're going to write a different script. They wrote a smaller script, letting him finish production and then deciding that the film he had delivered was too violent, um, that it was too long at two hours, 20 minutes. 
and that 40 minutes needed to be cut, and that the violent stuff needed to go. Um, pretty big changes. Mm. You might think then, okay, so this is a film ruined by studio interference. Well, Trank hadn't been the easiest person to work with up to that point. Josh Trank, the director, had completely ruined the accommodation that he had been provided to stay in during the um, the shoot, causing over $100,000 worth of damage. It's a little ambiguous as to whether or not he or his dogs did mm. the damage, but in any case, the landlord tried to evict him, and he defaced a whole bunch of family pictures within the house in retaliation. It's a nice move. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, on the set, his behavior wasn't much better. He was aggressive uh, to most of the cast members. He directed the entire film from inside of a black tent he built around the camera so he wouldn't have to actually deal with people. Yeah, when he did deal with people, he micromanaged them to a crazy amount, apparently encouraging them to drop all personality from their performance. Uh, getting them to, micromanaging them, telling them when to blink, and just trying to get them to deliver as flat as possible. Which is very odd because the original script he wrote was very MCU, is what everybody mm. says. Um, it was very, it was much lighter and kind of jovial. So it's very odd that I don't know where the gear change happened to Cronenberg body horror. Nobody show any emotion. Mm. Um, he was aggressive towards Miles Teller. He bullied uh, uh, Karamara Wilson. <laughs> this is disrespectful, it. isn't it? That Kate not... Mara. Kate Mara. Talented everyone. actor, Kate Mara. Talented, brilliant actor. Kate Mara. Um, Thank you. I apologize. Um, he bullied Karamara Wilson, and he uh, he was just really unpleasant to be around. So, who do we blame for this? As an actor, you really don't have that much control over anything. I think the most, the only thing you, you can kind of hopefully go after is the best script, and it all comes from the script, and if the script's not there, the movie has no chance. If the script is really good, you have somewhat of a chance but it's very hard to have any kind of movie be commercially successful and critically acclaimed that is a sweet spot that that very few people find so it's tough it's a director's medium absolutely what went wrong everything well not being there i'd love i mean i'd love to point fingers yeah it's my favorite thing to do i'd love to have been there yeah <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd love to have been there <laughs> Um, but I mean, I guess I, I guess I don't know. We have all, all all of these films like Bats v Supes, like DC's Batman vs Superman: Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition, yeah. like Suicide Squad, um, where we have these these tragic stories of yeah. uh, indie directors and Zack Snyder coming in <laughs> and studios yeah. just just going hog wild. But with this, it, it kind of feels like there are two walls of crazy just hammering away <laughs> at each other when an immovable crazy encounters an unstoppable crazy <laughs> this fantastic four fantastic yeah and it was it was it was just two two forces going against one another one was unreasonably asking um a director with a vision to change that vision and the director with a vision was acting like a complete fucking child <laughs> and like and, and and hurting people emotionally yeah um, using his position of authority to to yeah. to hurt people, um, so it feels like a perfect storm of bad dicks. Yeah, yeah. So yes, it, it, yeah. I will say one good thing about this film is it did change my mind regarding whether or not you could make a serious film of Fantastic Four. Yeah. Where are you, Susan? Because the Fantastic Four has been problematic. It was um, invented in the '60s when things like Mister Fantastic, The Thing. Uh, the Invisible Woman, the Human Torch, to got... battle with Doctor Doom. Christ, it's a freak show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a circus-style freak show. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> definitely is. Good to know. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it felt like you can't make a serious... You can't make the dart nice out of this. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's, um, you know, it's, it's the stretchy man. Mm. <laughs> the Captain Fantastic. He can fucking bend a lot. 
but watching this, seeing their relationship start to build. Yeah, just building up that dynamic, building up their powers, and showing how their powers relate to how their characters were. You know, Johnny with his big fiery temper Mm -hmm. and aggression and his adrenaline. You know, he becomes the fire guy. Sue Storm with her, um... (sighs) Complete lack of impression (laughs) made on anyone. (laughs) Therefore becomes invisible. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. Uh, Miles Teller, um, well, originally Mr. Fantastic was trying to please everyone. Like, he spreads himself too mm. thin, trying to do too much at once, and that's why he goes all stretchy. And that's that was always the idea of him, is that he's really malleable. Mm. Which kind of comes across in how kind of unassertive Miles Teller's character is. Mm. Meanwhile, um, the thing is just um, gravelly. <laughs> ben Grimm. He gets a face full of rocks. He gets a face full of rocks, so he deserves to be a rock he, monster forever. Well, he was always going on about how he doesn't like rocks. And he was like, oh, oh don't, yeah. don't take me near those rocks. I hate them. <laughs> and, uh, oh, guys, have you ever eaten a rock? Oh, disgusting. <laughs> and then, oh, there's like, all oh, irony of ironies. The irony of ironies, he turns into a rock. Face full of rocks. He turns into the human torch, and it's very awkward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two, two human torches. Irony of irony, he gets hit by a bus. <laughs> This is a masterful um, film. It is. It's it's subverts expectations. Um, but they didn't call him fantastic. No, once avoid, in the film, did they? No, they avoid. In fact, they're very shy about the whole thing, and they do the thing mm. where the Superman thing, where they're about to say the name of the thing, um, and then they get interrupted. This time by the credits. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Studio decision, decision I imagine. <laughs> no, and that felt like a cute jo- uh, yeah. Josh Trank moment. Is the idea of, hey, I've got an idea for what we should call ourselves. Y- you ready? And then just cut to black. That yeah. Was, that was cute. No, that was cool. I, I, yeah. I like that. Um, but you do have to avoid the silliness of the concept. And mm. like I was saying, I'm now convinced you could make a serious film about this. And they almost did. You know, mm-hmm. the body horror stuff was really cool. The mm. stretchy people, the burning, the... There are a lot of... Um, it reminded me a bit of Elephant Man. Like in, in corners of these rooms in the dark and, you know, like freaks and, and, and Jamie... Uh... Oh, Jamie Bell. Ja- Jamie Bell was, was like crying out all the time. Yeah. He was just like... he. W- he was almost saying, you know, why is everybody, you know, why have you forsaken me? Why am I alone? And he was scared. Yeah. Lee, yeah. what, what happened to me? I don't know. But I'm going to figure this out. Ben! Please, call me, Reed! Subject one has escaped the Subject one has escaped the danger. Shit! Ben, Ben, I'm coming back for you, I promise! No, 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 Reed, Reed, hold me! And then, yeah, so you've just got to reconcile that with Dr. Uh, Victor Von Doom. Yes. With the fact that um, Reed Richards still bends and stretches like a Stretch Armstrong. Yeah. I'm not sure how you do that. <laughs> we had this 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 final scene where he where the team were yeah. coming together to fight uh, Von of. Doom yeah. in a really um, you know unimpressive way. Yeah. Um. And um, Mr. Fantastic was just bending one way and then the next, and then he was throwing a punch, and uh, and then he'd bend again, and then he'd throw like a double punch, and it was all s- stretchy. Yeah, and looked. It was back to the the goofy. We're all we're all characters here, kind, yeah. of, kind of thing, and it didn't. That's that's the problem for me with that. You've got the very very cool body horror stuff, very cool imagery, um, but then an inherently goofy yeah. character base. No, absolutely. There was a couple of really good action beats. I really liked when Miles Teller has to take out the um, squat squat guys. The squat guys. <laughs> Come with us, they say. Scratch to the ground. <laughs> um, the SWAT guys in the forest, they yeah. come for him mm. to get him back, and he takes them out using his stretchy powers, and it's pretty good. Yeah, that actually looks fairly um, legitimate. Yeah. 
a oh. thing. It, it doesn't. It didn't make me go. Oh, I'm watching Fantastic Four. It made me. <laughs> it made me think of. It made me think kind of of X Men. That it made me think of Chronicle, yeah. where it was. It was looking at these problems mm. as um. Well, looking at these transformations like as problems. Yeah. And not just special crazy powers we've yeah. got. It's like, oh my god, I've got these this curse, <laughs> um, which Chronicle kind of did, yeah, nicely as well. It did do nicely. So, yeah, and it just the problem is I, the good things in it. I genuinely don't know where to attribute them. Was this <laughs> Josh Trank who brought the good things into it? Was it the studio? Because famously, you know, the studio interfered with the Bourne identity, the original film, and saved mm. it. Mm. Doug Liman had fucked that film up. And had a lot of really bad stuff, and the production came in, reshot a bunch of stuff, and made the film work. And I think The Born Identity still stands up as a really good action thriller now. Absolutely. Um, sometimes studio interference is necessary. Directors go off the rails. It's mm. not all Francis Ford Coppola directing Apocalypse Now in the Woods. You know, mm. sometimes it's um, sometimes it's Michael Cimino making Heaven's Gate, um, just wasting money um, filming um, people on roller skates for th- mm. three weeks, <laughs> or um, Chris Christopherson putting on his shirt over and over again. Uh, know, sometimes it's a Terry Gilliam film. <laughs> sometimes it's a Terry Gilliam film. Directors aren't geniuses. I mean, they can be geniuses, yeah. but they're not. You heard it here first, everyone. <laughs> Directors aren't geniuses. Paul Salt, twenty seventeen. <laughs> Directors aren't flawless, is what I really should have said. <laughs> Um, it's a collaborative art form. Any great film is a great film because everybody worked on it and Mm -hmm. did their job really well. And the director was there to point them in the right direction. Yeah. Directing them. Mm. And I, yeah, just Trank didn't seem like he was working well with everyone. No, really, when you think about it, the Fantastic Four or Fant Four Stick is a good analogy for making a film. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Throughout the film, they were being told, we've got to come together. We've got to, Mm. you know, work together. Meanwhile, Trank's directing from his black (laughs) tent. (laughs) And I've got to say, about his tweet, Mm. how do you feel about the idea of um, people who are in bad films coming out against them? Because I remember, like, um, Shia LaBeouf coming out and saying Transformers 2 is a big pile of garbage. Correct or not? Correctly. Yeah. But even so. I don't don't know. It kind of feels like sour grapes. Um, Yeah, I agree. Um, to be really, really reductive there. Sorry, everyone. Um, it was a similar thing. Well, not. Do you remember when Kickass Two came out and Jim Carrey? Yes. Um, Jim disowned Car- it. It was after Sandy Hook for slightly different reasons, for moral, uh, yeah. for moral reasons. He decided he could no longer appear in a film with violence in it, and everyone kind mm. of said, "Well, did you not notice when you were mm. in it? Suddenly, you've decided that Sandy Hook was caused by comic yeah. book movies like Kickass Two. Yes. Yeah. Um, he he suddenly it's, came to that. Yeah, it's strange. I'm I'm not sure that. And I'm sure that most people who do who use Twitter to do this yeah. regret it. S- uh, similarly, uh, Joe Carnahan, who left Mission Impossible Three uh, midway through filming because he wasn't happy with it, he said yeah. uh, of Josh Trank's performance, "I'm really glad I didn't have Twitter because I'd have said I'd have done something as stupid. Yeah. I'd have said something that I regret. I'd regret." Yeah, and I'm sure Trank does now regret it because yeah. he was removed from a Star Wars solo project mm. as a result of his outburst and, a, yeah. well, also his apparent dreadful behaviour during the film. Yeah. So, and Miles Teller was removed from La La Land, apparently. So, yes, uh... um, there are rumours that due to his performance in this film, Miles Teller did not get the lead role in La La Land, which went instead to Ryan Gosling. Yeah. So that is our one good thing <laughs> about Fantastic oh, Four. Would have been an interesting Thank one, though. God. It would have been such an intense performance. You know that scene when um, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling meet each other for the first time and he just barges her out of the way? Yeah, he'd Ma- have fucking hit, hit would have the just, floor. Yeah, would have just fucking bit her face off. <laughs> out of my way! <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God, though. <laughs> yeah. City of stars. <laughs> Jazz! 
would have been amazing. It would have still amazing. won the Oscars. All of the um, all of the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, which is interesting because that director had worked with Miles Teller before in Whiplash. Yeah, yeah. but still decided just saw Fantastic Four. Yeah. I guess I thought he was cool. You know, oh fuck, Whiplash line. Um, I guess he didn't have it. <laughs> Burn. Burn. Um, who'd have sent J.K. Simmons? Um, so yeah, everyone regrets it. I, I think you should stand by your shit. Mm. I think if you've been in a really terrible thing, yeah. the classy thing to do is just stand by it. Yeah. You know, sure it was bad. I will say, Miles Teller and Kate, well, Kate Mara, <laughs> Kate Mara, they both said they'd be up for a sequel. Oh. The guy who played Von Doom did not. <laughs> oh. So. What? Well, he, he, he did. Yeah. It's an, it's, it's an in- interesting one, that cast, that cast in general. I forget, is it Tony Kebble? Who played, um, Victor Von Doom? Yes. Yeah. I um I tend to f- um forget on completely on purpose every film he's been in, been in since Dead Man's Shoes. Okay. Um That's who that was. Yep. Oh yep. no. <laughs> yes. He was in um Ben Hur and um Yep, yep, yep. I've some other things. Um Wow. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty cool cast and uh if if I'd have if I'd have seen advertised, hey, you've got uh, Mars Teller, Kate Mara, Michael B. Jordan, yeah, uh, you know, all being directed by Josh Trank. Remember the guy from Chronicle? That have been a, a pool shaped cloud <laughs> of, of dust in this room, yeah, and then me on the floor because I tried to run through the wall. <laughs> but, um, but I'd have gone to see that, yeah, sure, and 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 even so, and. In spite of all of this, however it all played out, you're right. He should have, they should have just gone, well, they did, but he as well, specifically as the director, as the guy responsible for all of this, should have just gone, well, <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. And, and, and gone, Sorry, you know, guys. we're all talented people. It just didn't, it didn't work out. Otherwise, it's just, yeah. you're just a sore loser. You're like yeah. the kid who, you, when you get shot playing cowboys and in- Indians, <laughs> you go, oh, I've got a shield, really. Yeah. Uh, especially considering his own part in this and him to just come out and say, nope, the studio fucked it. Mm. You know, I had a really good version of this about a year ago. Yeah. Um, I guess no one's going to get to see it now. Although, high up at 20th Century Fox did actually come out and say, yes, actually, there was a really good version of this about a year ago. And um, unfortunately, it is unlikely people get to see it. Mm. So, I mean, that is interesting. I can't, unless they completely change the last act... Yeah. This feels like a movie missing a third act. Yeah. And it uh, just has a ra- uh, hastily strung together conclusion. Yeah. It didn't pan out very well. Uh, no, it didn't. Um, I actually have here, um, I, I think going to be the recurring guest on this show, the parents guide to Fantastic Four from IMDb. Yeah. And uh, rather brilliantly, it says, the movie's pacing is a bit off, so the majority of the violence only occurs in the last 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs> bit judgy, parents guide. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, the villain kills dozens of people, some of them in a graphic manner with blood splattering up the wall or heads exploding. Love that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, characters are killed in all sorts of ways. <laughs> The final battle scene between the heroes and the villain is seemingly a little bit violent. Seemingly <laughs> a little bit violent. Well, that's, that's no, that's about right, actually. Yeah. That that whole final act was a bit seemingly, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, seemingly violent. Talking about the way Victor Von Doom uh, killed all of those people, let's start the quick fire round. Yay. Yay. So, good things about this movie. The way Victor Von Doom killed all those people. Yeah, that was great. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um, scanners, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very scanners. He basically yeah. can make people's heads explode yeah. and manages to do so in a, in a PG-13 way, yeah. which was impressive. Because there is literally people's the, people's heads kind of pop and blood mm. flies out the wall behind them. It's like a gunshot wound just yeah. spurting onto the wall. And it's uh, and it's black, so I guess it's fine. Yeah, it's very satisfying, though. 
Oh god! Oh, it's really satisfying. Yeah, because there's this long build-up of a kind of whir building up to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the first time he does that, he's kind of he's making um Tim Blake Nelson shake and and, and shudder, and his face goes all total recall. Yeah. And as it's happening, you think, please explode, <laughs> please explode, and it explodes. <laughs> and it's amazing. It made me really happy. Yeah. Um. He in general, I liked his design. I like mm. that the reason he has that mask is because the um mask he was wearing gets melted onto his face yeah which is pretty cool yeah very very cool stuff and his yeah. his approach um to the to the science machine is <laughs> is is similar to darth vader's in rogue one i think yeah, where he's menacing. just that wall of force yeah no one can stop him victor don't do this there is no victor there is only doom and yes, the camera follows on behind yeah, him from a slightly yeah. higher angle on him. It's very well done. Very cool. Um, there's a shot of Johnny approaching a military base. Um, it's after the one-year cut, and Johnny's just a... Um, he's the human torch, and he's flying through the air. Um, and uh, the camera remains stationary as we see Johnny enter the base as a sort of orange dot. Mm. And it's very cool. It looks... It's one of those few moments where the element just looks like it fits, and it's like, oh, okay, there's the human torch landing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think um, Susan Storm, Kate Mara, as she's known. <laughs> Beloved Kate Mara, I won't hear a word against her. No. Um, she slash uh, the director did hand stuff very well. Oh, yeah. A big, a, a big issue with things like... Um, Avengers Age of Ultron. Scarlet Witch in yeah. Age of Ultron when uh, she's, uh, Elizabeth Olsen is doing all the, yeah. the hand stuff and she's spinning them around and she's <laughs> firing things off left, right and centre. Yeah. It looks dumb. It was done. Um, you can't help but think of what it looks like without the special effects. Yeah, and it's not it's not needed. Yeah. Like the the big glowing hands, you know, it's not needed. You can just you can just do it. Well, like Victor Von Doom does, just with his mind, and yeah. suddenly someone's face explodes. Yeah. With 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 Kate Mara with Susan Storm, there was um, a little bit of it, mm. but it was a lot more. It was very dynamic, and it was if she was going to do something, yeah. it was instantaneous. So there was less of that um uh that contact juggling fushigi. <laughs> uh, nonsense yeah. involved in like powering up for a spell. It yeah. was uh, a good thing. Yes, absolutely. I liked that his domestic situation was a little more complex than abusive families tend to be in this. I mean, yeah. for example, in Chronicle, um, who's the lead in that? It's Dane Dehan. Dane Dehan just has mm. a dad who's a dick. Played by Michael Kelly. Oh, yeah, so he mm. is. Uh, and he's just a dick. And he mm. keeps coming and beating him, and he's just an awful person. Yeah. Um. In this, he has a brother. Uh. Sorry, Ben Grimm, Jamie uh, Bell's character, has a brother who um uh picks on him and mm-hmm. hits him for not doing his work. Uh. And then immediately his mother appears and starts beating up the brother for yeah. picking on him. And it's like, okay, well, it's very obvious where this has come from. This, uh, you know, mm-hmm. resolving yeah. situations or making people obey your will by hitting them. Mm. And it was just ever so slightly more complex than a traditional. It was still, you know, we still got no sense of the actual relationship there, and it was still just, hey, this guy's got a bad background. Yeah. But, hey, it was it was better than it could have been. Yeah. Von Doom as a whole, I thought he was quite a righteous villain, yeah. and I, th- I thought I, his his justification for doing what he did was fairly understandable, you know, within the realms of a comic book film, and not saying that... <laughs> that motivation <laughs> That's what angry. I would do. The reason I'm, stand- yeah. I'm staring at you silently is because I'm hoping you'll just quickly explain it, because I, I might have missed it. Well, it was, it was just that, um, 
So he's been long jaded by by the government and NASA yeah. for trying to monetize. Sure, before we even meet him. Yeah, monetize their their science. Yeah, monetize their crazy science magic. Yeah, and and once again, when they create that machine, uh, the government uh, screws them out of it. The bloody government. So which is why which is what causes them to go off to space to do it themselves in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basically, they spend the whole film trying to weaponize yeah. the Fantastic Foursome. Yeah, and bringing Victor. Yeah. Von Doom, to mm. use the full name, back. He basically says, no. Yeah. You're not You're not going to... Because the world that he was left on took yeah. care of him, kept him alive, gave him all of these awesome powers. Yeah. Um, they brought him back. They wanted to... I, I guess they want to... They want access to that world. Sure. Um, after having bled the earth dry. And it was just done a lot more succinctly <clears throat> than, um, than Ultron. Yeah. Um, and... He basically he gets up straight away and starts murdering people and goes yeah. to set off a black hole, and obviously that's partly because of the the limitations on the film yeah, that they sure. had to make it an hour and thirty minutes. Yeah, but he stood up, said, "No, you're not going to do this to my planet." <laughs> now it's it, it was his planet. Yeah. Uh, now you've done it to Earth. Your face is going to explode. I'm going <laughs> and home. Your face is going to yeah. explode. <laughs> and then your face. Everybody's faces are going to explode, <laughs> and then I'm going to go and do the black hole thing. <laughs> And that was and that was that was kind of cool. It was yeah. like, okay, there's there's your dark villain yeah. in your dark Fantastic Four reboot. Yeah, and now we have heroes who all yeah. have their own issues and have learned to overcome them and have mm. nice moments together. Go fix it. Mm. So what's our ver- before we get to our one good thing? What's our verdict on this? Because it doesn't work. It's not no. a great film. It's, it's it's not a great film, but it really didn't deserve the ire of critics and, no, it's and not fans worse like than Jupiter Ascending. No, for the love of God. <laughs> I mean, for for that to win the the, the Razzies in place yeah. of Jupiter Ascending, that's extraordinary. Fantastic Four has so many redeeming qualities. Yeah. The first the first two acts, yeah, excuse me, have a lot of redeeming qualities. Yeah, Jupiter Ascending was nonsense, an absolute catastrophe from yeah. beginning to end. Absolutely, and and to think that Paul Blart, Mall Cop Two Blart, yep. didn't win the Razzies <laughs> over yeah. this. It's just uh, what a it's, year it's, that it's, was. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really it's kind of unfair. And I mean, yeah. this is this has what nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. Yeah. Um, the 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 stuff that the 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 reviews at the start, yeah, were really acerbic. Yeah, and I'm not sure why everyone was so bitter about it. No. Um, I think it, it must be the production. Everybody wants to because I got obsessed with this film for a little while. I hmm. didn't go see it hmm. at the cinema, but I yeah. could, I got obsessed. I started thinking, how could this be so bad? And the behind the scenes stories were coming out all the time back then, and it became. I, I wonder if people started reviewing it. I, I read a lot of reviews for this, and all of the reviews mentioned the behind the scenes issues. Hmm. I didn't find many reviews that reviewed this on its own terms. So maybe people were just taking a stance, like, "Oh, bloody!" And it's just it's the right situation to really piss off everyone. Mm. You know, bloody studios interfering with artists' work. Oh, bloody artists all up their own ass and not mm. working with anyone. It's the perfect storm. Yeah. It's the perfect Susan Storm. <laughs> and just... Yes! And just everyone... Kaching. Kaching. And everyone just... Yeah, took the worst from it. Mm. And nobody really watched it for what it was, which, again, is not a great film, but... No. It's a frustrating film more than mm. anything else because you feel like, okay, a little bit more of character interaction. Really build up that family dynamic. A few more scenes of that. Take your time a bit more mm-hmm. and build to a believable and contained climax between the Fantastic Four and Victor Von Doom as a family versus the person who is trying to drive them apart. 
that's fine. You know, that would have been a good film. Yeah. You don't need Galactus. You don't need the original no. script of its three massive action sequences and Herbie the fucking robot and the Fantasticar. No. You just need to flesh out what you have a bit more. And I don't necessarily know if they knew what they had. Mm. So it just kind of feels like this was a missed opportunity. Yeah. Definitely not the worst film of all time. Of 2015. All right. Well, I think that's it. That'll yeah. do her. So thank you for listening. Uh, if you'd like to get involved... We are on Twitter and Facebook at OGT Pods. Uh, there'll be updates, sound bites, uh, pithy reviews, <laughs> uh, maybe the odd uh, sexy photo from uh, from us. If you play your cards right. Hey. We have uh, an email address, OGTPod at gmail.com, if you want to get in touch but don't like Twitter or Facebook. If, if the attachments of your junk are too big for Twitter or Facebook. Yeah. We've got a Gmail account. We have a Gmail account you can send that to, and um, if need be, we will come over and pick them up. We're very interested in them. Please, please get in touch. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Paul. Once again, thanks thanks to everybody who's been getting in contact, who, who's been recommending films, um, who's been spreading the word. Uh, really yeah. means a lot. It's been really cool. Um, um, I'd like to say thank you to our local Cineworlds, which failed to screen Underworld Blood Wars, which was the film we were originally meant to review today, uh, forcing us to watch this, which I suspect was a better film. Uh, this was a better film than a lot of the things we've seen, I think. Oh, God. Is this the best one? <laughs> Has this been the best one? Um. Oh dear. <laughs> it, well, it had a very similar problem to Bats v Soups, didn't it? True. Yeah. Um. We cut, we mustn't do superhero films too often. We actually enjoy them too much. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Princess Diaries two. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm kidding. Okay. Please, please come, ba- come back. Come back. Please come back. Where are you going? <laughs> no. Oh, oh. And halfway's in it. Um. Yep. So, if you'd like to see any more of my work, please check out Nerds Get Bored at WordPress. If you want to check out my work, I've, I'm on liewally.wordpress.com. Perfect. One last one last thing. If anybody does have an idea for a terrible movie, all you've got to do is uh, hit us up at OGT Pod or send us an email. Yep. Uh, and we'll get on it. Something worse than Fantastic yeah. Four. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and not Paul Blart, more Blart 2. Blart. We are definitely going to get around to that at some stage. Yes. Next? Yes! <laughs> is it next? <laughs> it's next. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh no Now I know how Ben Grimm feels (laughs) Why have you forsaken us Miles Teller (laughs) Movie god (laughs) Alright well Thanks for listening to the last episode of One Good Thing Um, I'm Paul Salt I'm Paul Goodman And remember the one good thing about Fant Forstick The um, family superhero film Is the bit where Victor Von Doom blows up people's heads um, and it sprays up a wall and it's sweet. <laughs>